Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Good morning, City Life. How are we doing today? All right. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers, would-be fathers, soon-to-be fathers, stand-in fathers, father figures, for all the dads, happy Father's Day. And to you at home, online, happy Father's Day. Um, real quick, Get Connected is June 26th, not June 6th, okay? Just wanted to clarify that. June 26th, so uh, if you are looking to get connected, get rooted, get with the fam here at City Life, June 26th is that date. It's Father's Day. It's also Juneteenth, and we are in the midst of our Roots with the Fam series in the book of Ephesians, and we are talking about all things church. And so what we want to do, more specifically, the church fam. And so we've been building on that foundation. Josh Block, uh, Devin, they've been talking about uh, the roots and digging deep with the fam. Now, within this series this summer, we're dealing again with uh, the church at Ephesus. And the central message of the book of Ephesians is recreation of the human family according to the Father's original intentions. So when God created mankind, he did so with his kingdom in mind. And the person and work of Christ demolished the division and cultural separation that plagued the Jews and the Gentiles. So we talk about racial reconciliation. We talk about uh, the reconciliation of not just people groups, but also people in general and all of creation being reconciled to God in Christ through his death on the cross. So in the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul primarily deals with the doctrine of the church. And then in the last three chapters, he deals with the duty of the church. Doctrine is the fundamental body of principles in a branch of knowledge or system of belief. Church doctrine is, or church doctrine or what we believe is absolutely foundational to the duty of the church because it informs how you walk out what you talk about. And so it's with that that we want to deal with today on Father's Day. We want to focus in on what Paul has to say about the family's foundation. Whether you're waiting to start a family, you're newly started a family, or you are well into your journey, ensuring that a firm foundation makes the structure you build on it more solid and stable. So we want to deal with that. Again, going like when, when we talk about the Great Commission and, and Jesus sends them out to Jerusalem and to Judea and to the uttermost parts of the world, Jerusalem is home. Home is where our first ministry is at. So where before we come and we get on stage and we talk to and have discourse to people about ministry, it first starts at home. It first starts with us. 
Matthew 7, 24 through 27 says, therefore, everyone who hears the words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds, the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the wind blew and pounded that house and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. The King James Version says, and great was the fall of it. The degree to which you strengthen your foundation determines how well the structure stands when storms come. I'll say that again. The degree to which you strengthen your foundation determines how well the structure stands when storms come. And we often say, when the storms hit, where do your roots grip? Are they gripping on things? Are they gripping on people? Or are they founded firmly in the solid rock? Paul spent the most time in this passage of Scripture dealing with the family. Because if we can get this right, the family foundation will remain solid. So we're going to deal with husband and wife interactions. The first foundational part of the family is how husbands and wives treat and interact with each other. And on Father's Day, I'm not just talking at the dads, okay? Had someone uh, who shall remain nameless uh, for, to protect anonymity come to me yesterday and was like, okay, now look, so on Mother's Day, you know, we celebrate the moms, we lift up the moms, we root the, for the moms, and then on Father's Day, it's like, dude, you need to get it together. This is not that. <laughs> We're not going to do that today. But we are going to make sure that the foundation is solid. Because when there's cracks in the foundation, what happens? You get water and all types of things seeping in. It's not good for the house, and eventually the house itself can crumble under pressure. But when the foundation is solid, the structure is solid. The passage in Ephesians 5 um, at, you know, verse 22 to 33 outlines how husbands and wives should treat each other. It's been popular in male-dominant church to lean into verses 22 to 24 without proper explanation or critical interpretation of the entire passage, specifically verses 25 to 33. These verses mirror the church's relationship to Christ in parallel with the wife's relationship to her husband and vice versa. So first, Paul deals with the wife, so we're going to we're going to deal with the wife. If you're not married yet, just listen in. You still glean some things for the future. No worries. Ephesians 5, 20 through 24. And we're actually going to start with verse 20 instead of 22. Because in this passage, when, when you read it and study it in the Greek, 
uh, verse 22 is actually a completion of the thought that started in verse 21. So we're going to start there, um, even though some, sep- some translations separate it. Just bear with me. So in verse 20, Ephesians 5, verse 20, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to, submit to your husbands as the, to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. The Greek word for submitting in this passage, uh, which appears in verse 21, is hypotazo. Say that, hypotazo. Hypotazo is a Greek military term that means to arrange troops Uh, troop divisions, in a military fashion under the command of a leader. In non-military use, it is a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. Another place that this word is used is in Luke 21.51, where Jesus, as a preteen, enters into the temple, left his parents, and teaches in the temple. His parents went back to Nazareth, or went to Jerusalem, took him back to Nazareth, and he hypotazo, or he subjected himself to his parents. Now, you, you might be thinking, well, what, what does that really mean, he subjected himself? He was God enough to amaze the teacher's of the law in their synagogue, yet he was secure enough to yield to his earthly parents. So in other words, a woman is strong enough to run the whole situation, yet secure enough that her husband can lead in areas where he should lead. She is strong enough to be a career woman, yet secure enough to allow the husband, if he is good enough with the finances, to take care of the finances. She is strong enough to mother and nurture the children, yet secure enough to allow the husband to take the lead in disciplining the children. And we'll get to that in a second. So, brothers, this is not a subservient kowtowing to her husband. This word submit is not a you do as I say type of situation, but rather it is a delicate balance of an image bearer yielding to another image bearer in times and spaces that he should lead. Because where there is no balance and no give and take, a woman might be apprehensive to hypotazo. Talk back to me, y'all. Come on, I'm not, I'm not yelling at nobody. Fellas, it's, it's submitting to the husband as unto the Lord. So 
In other words, we as the men create the atmosphere that allows her to let her guard down and yield. But where we don't set that atmosphere, it makes that situation difficult and challenging. And if we don't get this right, we don't have the proper balance. We don't have a firm foundation. So as men, I want to encourage you. The, 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 in Genesis, where it talks about God creating Eve, he, he said that he would make a help for her for him, in her. That language, help, is the same language that's used of the Holy Spirit. When Christ said he would make uh, alos Paracletus, another comforter for us. And so when God created the woman, he had his kingdom in mind and he created her equal As us. Are you still here? So that's the wife. But Paul spent a lot more time talking about the husband. So let's let's deal with that passage of scripture. I like to read scripture out loud just so that you know that I'm not making this stuff up. So if that's okay with you, we're gonna go over to Ephesians 5, 25 through 33. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her, talking about the church, with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church. Since we are members of his body, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, Genesis 2:24, that reference. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. Paul commands men to love their wives. The kind of love a husband should have for his wife is hidden in the B part of verse 25. A man is to love his wife as Christ loved the church by sacrificing himself for her. Let that sink in. What did Christ do for the church? died. The church was on the mind of God so much. God so loved the world that he sent his son to die.
it doesn't feel like I get my way sometimes. But he sent his son to die. And so you, husband, need to sacrifice yourself for your wife. But I don't understand. That doesn't make sense. Sacrifice yourself for your but if it feels like it doesn't feel like it's 50 50 sometimes it feels like it's 99 and 1 and i'm doing the 99 sacrifice yourself for your wife verses 28 through 30 we are to love her as we would love our own bodies so, fellas, if you are not loving yourself, start now because you can't adequately give her what you haven't given to yourself first. If you are not taking care of yourself, if you are not taking care of your mental health, if you are not taking care of this physical temple, fellas, start now because you can't give her what you can't give yourself. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of your mind. Because this is the most fought over territory in history. And if you are not guarding your mind, you can't love her adequately. It won't make sense to lay down your life. Paul said, I die daily. And he's talking about dying to the flesh so that he can live in the spirit. And we as men have to be able to do that so that we can effectively lead our households, our communities, and take over the world for the kingdom. And if, we, if it first starts with us. Romans 5, 8 but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Whole house could be going crazy. But you know what? While the house is going crazy, love. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. So fathers, he challenges us not to be macho, not to be masculine, but to love. The challenge for the wife is different for the man because God understood how he made us. He understood how he wired us. And it doesn't mean that you first draw to masculinity, but the point is we need to first operate in love. How we treat our children, how we treat our wives, how we treat our neighbors first starts with love. John 15, 13. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. Figuratively, on a daily basis, we as men are challenged to think of others first. To think of others' needs and well-being. First, again, we're talking about family foundations. 
Christ voluntarily laid down his human life for his bride, the church. How much more are we to lay down our lives for our wives and for our children? We die to self daily for the sake of our wives and our family. Verse 33, Paul sums up this section admonishing the husbands to love their wives and the wives to respect their husbands. Now, one other part of the family that we want to deal with is the charge to obey and honor parents, children, and parents. In Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3, children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, so that it may, it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. Now, Paul deals with the husband and wife first because that is the beginning of the family. And so he takes his time and he spends his time on the husband and wife because that connection has to be solid. Because when the kids come, listen, I was, we were cool. 2010, me and my wife started dating and we're going on trips and we're going here and there and we're traveling and we're doing it. We're going to Sox games, go White Sox. Um, we're going to Tigers games. We're, you know, we're, we're having a ball. And then Trey comes. Babe, did we go on a trip once, Trey? When was the next time we went on a trip after Trey came? Universal last year. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. He's, he's almost nine, by the way. He's almost nine. Um, yeah. It's a different ball game. When the kids come, and if the foundation of the husband and the wife is not solid, there can be envy because the, the kids are spending more time with the wife or the kids are spending more time with the husband than the other spouse. It's not the large issues that spoil the vine. The, the scripture says it's the small foxes. The cracks in the foundation. And so the, that foundation needs to be okay. And then when that foundation is in place, then as the children come in, Scripture tells the children to obey the parents. And it's, it's easier said than done than when if there is enmity, if there is, are issues between the husband and the wife and the child comes to one and says, can I have the ice cream? And the parent says, no, you can't have no ice cream. And then the kid goes to the other parent and says, hey, forget about what they said. Hey, can I have the ice cream? And the other parent's like, sure, you want to have the ice cream? And then the other parent's like, well, wait a minute. Now, hold on. And then they start, and the kid's over there in the corner eating ice cream like, yep, mm-hmm. Done it again. 
but the, the solid, like wisdom says, what'd your mom say? Right? What'd your, what'd your dad say? Let's check. Oh, your, your mom said no? Okay, so then why are you asking me? Wisdom says communication between the parents can help the children to better obey. Why? Because they see an example in the parents and how the parents interact. Because it's not only the wife that needs to hypotazo, but sometimes the husband needs to hypotazo when the wife has more wisdom in an area. Ooh, it got quiet. Brothers, are you with me? There are times when you as the husband in love need to know how to submit, how to yield. When you're on a highway and the cars are coming from two different directions, one car is coming here, what's that car? We, we, we merge. What do you have to do to merge? You have to yield. Because if I'm trying to go and you're trying to go, it's going to be a fender bender. But what happens when it flows perfectly? We, we yield and everybody can merge and we can go down the road. Worship team, come on up. When an adult child leaves the home and is no longer dependent on their parents for provision or protection, they are not obligated to obey them. Nevertheless, no one outgrows the requirement to honor mother and father. It didn't just say to obey. It said, children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. Honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment with promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. It may have been a long time since you've talked to your dad. Maybe a long time since you even talked to your mom. Reach out. Talk to them. But what if that relationship is estranged? You know what? Let God deal with that. Our parents do the best that they can with what they are given. And that DNA is still in you. And God decided, good or bad, that their DNA needed to be in you. And he did not make a mistake. So we want to give them the honor that is due them. This last part, and I'm, I'm going to go and the worship team is going to sing and we're going to worship. I believe this last part, Paul wrote specifically for me. When he deals with the father and the children. Because he talks about the father not stirring our children in wrath or in anger. In other words, to not stir up anger in children means not to correct them in such a way that they become embittered. And I'll be the first to admit 
that I myself, I struggle with that because of how my father disciplined me. I grew up in the era where dad was the loudest thing in the house. When dad spoke, it was thunder. I could lay in bed, my mom would be like, son, it's time to get up for school. Son, you need to get up for school. Ron, you need to get up for school. My dad would boy, you can just... That's what happened when dad spoke. But what I'm learning is sometimes rough discipline can break the spirit of a child. And so I have learned to say, I'm sorry. I've learned to say, dad was wrong. Dad messed up. And we are learning to grow together. Fathers are charged to be an encourager not a discourager we are to give them age-appropriate discipline not in anger but in love discipline is not the same as venting God disciplines us in love to change our behavior and we owe it to our children to do the same Bringing them up in the training and instruction of the Lord is to care for and nurture them with teaching and discipline. This is the responsibility of the wife and the husband, but Paul is instructing the church that the father should take the lead. How many of our baby girls are growing up with daddy issues? And I've learned from situations and circumstances that you don't have to leave home to be absent. So we want to make sure here at City Life and the church at large that we are building our house on a firm foundation. with the foundational ideas of love and respect between mother and father, between child and parent, between fathers and children. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for building our foundation, not on sand, but on the solid rock. We thank you, Father, for helping us, teaching us to get the roots right so that the rest of it can grow and be nurtured. We pray, Father, that you would help us, Father, to strengthen the foundation of our family. God, if it's strong, make it stronger, please. God, if it's not strong enough, Father, we ask that you would help us start with us first. Pray for all the fathers 
We ask that you would touch them, help them, and strengthen them. We thank you for each and every father under the sound of my voice. And we give you praise, glory, and honor. Worship team is going to sing. life has been a pleasure thank you so much it's always wonderful to share I hope that helped you I hope that helped you we thank God for each and every one of you we thank God for our pastor and for his family we're still praying for them on sabbatical uh, we're thanking God for strengthening their foundation amen for giving them an opportunity to relax in the Lord and to grow in the Lord so we thank God for each and every dad. We'll be back next week, 10 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. All races, all faces, all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving the city one life at a time, and we won't stop until he makes what? Until he makes what? Until he makes what? God bless you, City Life. Have a great rest of your day. Happy Father's Day.
Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com.